Today I'm going to reflect on our first reading, which is from the first book of Samuel, chapter 4. In this reading, we hear of the story of the capture of the Ark of the Covenant and the defeat of the Israelites by the Philistines to the west of Jerusalem, which happened over 3,000 years ago in the early Iron Age. The Philistines were probably a subgroup of the Sea Peoples, a migrant group that sailed from the Aegean in the late second millennium before the birth of Christ, settling on the Levantine coast near Egypt and founding five cities, the southernmost of which is Gaza. If you hear traffic in this recording, I am in southern Maryland in Calvert County near the Solomon's Island Road at one of our parishes in a classroom for diaconate formation and looking at a large wall map of the Holy Land as I reflect on this passage from our reading today. The Israelites brought out the Ark of the Covenant to be with them in battle as they attempted to repel an inland incursion by the Philistines, thinking that the presence of the Ark would be the presence of God protecting them in battle and preventing them from being overrun. They were defeated, suffering many casualties as we read today, and the Ark was brought back to the coast by the Philistines who thought that they had captured the power of God. But in those few months after the battle, people in that town began to suffer an outbreak of tumors that was probably an outbreak of bubonic plague, with the characteristic swollen infected lymph nodes, and decided to return the ark, which comes after today's passage in chapter 5, the next chapter of 1 Samuel. This is at first reading an odd passage to have in the readings for Mass today. And it doesn't match what we read about yesterday or match what we read about tomorrow, both from 1 Samuel. And it's hard to see an immediate connection to our gospel, which reflects on Jesus' healing of a man afflicted with leprosy, because we do not read about the outbreak of bubonic plague, nor do we read about any cure. In fact, there's no record of what happened afterward in that town. In the story of the defeat, we have the Israelites suffering a great loss of life and the capture of the ark. And later the Philistines suffered an outbreak of bubonic plague And Jesus heals a man afflicted with leprosy. How do we think about all these three things? How do we find a connection and find a connection of God's action in our lives today? Let us think of God as a God of mercy. And let us also consider how we treat those who suffer. The defeated army was not punished by God in their defeat though they might have interpreted it that way. The Philistines certainly thought that a plague had been sent to them in punishment for driving, for capturing the ark, and they sent it back, you know, by um, hooking up a wagon to milk cows and driving them away from their calves and sending it back towards the Israelite uh, peoples. But infectious diseases don't work that way. God doesn't send infectious diseases among people as punishment. Not then, not today. The man afflicted with leprosy 
will also have been suffering not just an infectious disease, but also banishment from society, cut off from human interaction. And that can add an additional and even more crippling level of isolation and pain. But God did not single him out or anyone who suffers from such a disease and social isolation. We sometimes feel that when bad things happen to good people, that it is their fault, their punishment for some individual or collective sin. And so, unless things work out for them, things improve, it must be a sign of God's disfavor. Surely you deserve this. Surely you did something wrong. And then the question is, well, if I'm kind to you, if I help you, does that mean something bad will happen to me? Am I showing kindness to someone whom God does not want kindness to be shown? That's a danger that people often feel back then and today. We certainly feel that we are cut off from society, that we are punished when we have misfortune, whether it's in health or employment, in finances or position in life. But God doesn't work that way. If so, we'd have a capricious and unjust divine being, malicious and petty. What would be the point of creation if that were the case? What would be the point of the incarnation if that were to be the case? God is kind and merciful, as we know from the teaching of Jesus, as we know from his ministry, and from the actions of the church that was established after his resurrection. Go back and read the gospel from the Midnight Mass of Christmas and reflect upon that reading, and then you'll see where I'm coming from. The promise of God's mercy is that despite the misfortunes of life, God loves us, and God asks of us as church to show the love of God that we have received to others, especially those who are suffering. Examples of works of mercy we can think about inspired by these readings could include the care of the dead and those who are grieving them, whether from battle, disaster, or regular life, the treatment and concern for those suffering from illnesses and injury, whether infectious diseases or otherwise, and compassion and inclusion for those who are isolated, whether by old age, financial situations, immigration status, or illness. The church asks us to respond to the love of God by showing that love to others, even to our enemies and to strangers, to be willing to forgive those who wrong us and recognize the human dignity of all persons. These are not easy tasks and sometimes seem impossible, certainly if we pay attention to the news, whether now or 20 years ago or 50 years ago. It may seem that people don't think that way and that we shouldn't. If we decide to not try, if we decide that it is an impossible task, we will never be able to see the fruits of living out our Christian vocations given to us in our baptism. We do these things not because they are easy, but because they are just and because God wants us to be the faces, words, and actions of God's justice and peace in the world.